0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
1: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
0: Learn more at meta.com/slash metaverse impact.
2: And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller?
0: I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free.
3: I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Friday.
4: The Ravens do it again. Amazingly, they've won 21 straight games in the preseason. One playoff game during all that time, I think. But 21 straight, it's amazing. They covered again. If you had bet them the last 21 games in the preseason, 18-2-1 and one against the spread. Giants hold on to win against the Pats but the Pats cover you know the fact the Pats lost uh, it, it probably means Belichick's no good at all I'm not sure about that but some people seem to believe it I don't get it Deshaun Watson is supposed to be playing but he's waiting to see is he going to be suspended the whole season half the season but he will be on the field at least that's what's expected it's about pick them in their game in the preseason here comes a 4 hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more
2: the pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J.
4: live in Las Vegas, live on a Friday, live on 226 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Ooh, a football Friday. A football Friday. During the regular season, we have our most popular segment of the year in which we go through every game and give a wise guy take on it. But, you know, we won't do that in the preseason, but we'll, most today's show is going to be about the NFL, about these games, about Malik Willis, the Steelers, should they have taken him. <laughs> I mean, imagine you could have got him in the third round. See, so Pittsburgh drafted after Tennessee, or I'm sorry, before Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously 20th, but then in the third round they could have gotten before. Yeah. I'm assuming unless Tennessee had another pick. And so what was he like, 54 or something? I heard that today. So let's think about that. No, that one. I'm sorry, that was uh, they were talking about Pickett from, uh, um, or (laughs) the Georgia receiver the Steelers have. Is it Pickens? Pickens, yeah. Pickens, and then the quarterback. Pickett. With very small hands. Tiny hands. Pickens has much bigger hands. Much
2: bigger hands.
4: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know about I mean, listen, you gotta love the Steeler draft ways, but let's be honest, before they drafted Big Ben, do you want to look at the lineup? Bobby Brister. Mike Tomzak. Tomzak, Neil O'Donnell. Neil O'Donnell had shoulder pads that were like four feet across. (laughs) (laughs) Like like if he got if the wind blew, he'd start teetering like Humpty Dumpty. I mean, I don't. know. A good know.
1: gust could pick him up. It looked
4: like parasailing. Mark Malone, who actually ran like a four three, and and like at the combine had the longest Steeler reception in history for a long time. He had a ninety yarder. As a quarterback, they just he, he wasn't playing, so they brought him in, threw him a screen or something. Had a ninety yarder. I remember against Seattle. And now they're drafting quarterbacks again. We didn't appreciate Big Ben. I sent a tweet about five years ago. And I said, we're going like, to, because the Steelers have let another season kind of get, you know, go by. And it's like, we're going to miss these big Ben years, I promise. Because when you live through 20 years of, of frustration at quarterback, it's not fun. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. He's the fan of beats the man, A.J. Hoffman.
1: Thanks, RJ. Great to be here today. The Ravens extend their preseason win streak to 21. Deshaun Watson may now be open to a settlement with the NFL and boxing's oh, how do, heavyweight... How do, how do we know he wasn't open to settlements all along? He said before he wasn't open he to said, a settlement. Well,
4: they were negotiating
1: settlements all along. He said he would not take more than zero games. That was a quote from Deshaun Watson's team. It was from the team, from his his agent oh, or his lawyers. Somehow,
4: his I don't think his team necessarily has done him good. I so, don't think so. I, I mean, I don't know. I can't judge how they've done since this problem, were, and and I don't know if they were even there before. But let's just say the team in general has fallen short. I think you're probably right. Continue with the rundown.
1: And boxing's heavyweight king retires today at age 34. What Ollie? is the Vegas? Ali no longer the heavyweight king. So
4: you're you're doing that as a teaser. What percentage of the audience do you think knows who the heavyweight king is?
1: Tyson Fury is like one of the most popular heavyweight champions since
4: Mike Tyson. Well, who who's number two? Probably Evander Holyfield or Lennox Lewis. So you're saying Fury's more like gets a bigger gate, makes more money than than Holyfield. Yeah. I don't think that's possible.
1: No, I'm not saying he's a better boxer. I'm saying he's a bigger so they, showman. He had
4: a he had a trilogy, right? With um, Deontay Wilder, okay, and it was a. And what was it? Two zero oh, and one? Was there a was there it a, was draw a draw? Or First fight was a draw. Okay, now was that a draw? Was in the judges' scorecard or was judges' it some... scorecard draw? Okay, yeah, I don't think you're right. I don't okay. think. That, I mean, do you think if I mean Holyfield would everyone recognize... You think if Fury walks in a room now he's big, but if you just see his face. That as many people, his Q rating is going to be as high as Hall of was in his prime. Yes, Mackenzie does. That, I mean, I guess you don't remember I, how how attuned are you to Fury, Tyson Fury? He was the first heavyweight fighter that. Are you my reading radar. for? Wiki, are you reading for Wikipedia? No, I'm telling you, he's the first one that I paid attention to since Lennox Lewis back in the day. And this is because he says like controversial things and
2: stuff. Yeah, he's a showman. He's a loud, brash personality.
4: You know what's funny? Everyone with an IQ over 100 like looks at Showman like that and, and go, "Oh jeez." But if you're smart, but guys like me, but but no 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 no. But if you're smart, you realize it works. It wor- I mean, like think about it, like someone on a reality show. They might be doing like obvious things to get attention, but they get attention. Yeah. Conor McGregor's got seven
1: of the top-selling pay-per-views in UFC history. But M- is he a top ten fighter? No, but he
4: is a a top ten seller. Well, his greatest accomplishment was getting paid even more to, to fight exactly. Mayweather, <laughs> and it, that was actually Mayweather's greatest accomplishment. Yeah, I mean to go fifty. and you know, that was the fifty, right? That was fifty. Think you go forty-nine. He waited like over a year for number, and he said fifty's it, and then he finds one that he he makes the more money than he could have against any other fighter. Probably. I mean, he probably wouldn't have made more against Triple G, I don't think, would he? No, and he fights a guy who's O. They couldn't beat him. It's not even beat a boxer. Him. Couldn't beat him. <laughs> I mean, the guy, listen, I don't know about his reading comprehension. I know he is a—and I, and I don't know much. I mean, I don't know anything inside about the, the domestic— you know, yeah. violence. Or but the 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 businessman. He is a businessman. He man. and and Conor. But you know, McGregor was uh, uh, one of the. I mean, he was the best heavy or not best heavyweight. He was best in his division weight wise for a long, for at least for a couple a of years, yeah. right? I mean, listen, if you're a showman but you're really good, I can deal with it. Yeah. Speaking of show off kind of people. Let's start with Harbaugh and his shenanigans.
1: <laughs> I, I thought you that, might that like whole that whole family. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens extend their
4: win streak to 21 consecutive
1: preseason victories, beating the Titans 23 to 10 last night, covering as three-point favorites. The Ravens now 18-2-1 against the Vegas spread in that stretch.
4: Oh, and, and, and yesterday, the sharp action was heavy on Tennessee. It was. I thought Tennessee would cover. I I, I really you I didn't convinced give a pick. me that they would. Well, 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 <laughs> well, no, no, no. Well, what I said was, I disagreed with you guys' handicap. And Fezzik had a pick too that he gave that we had tape on for the show. Is you guys thought it was going to be because Harbaugh got um, somehow ch- uh, what would you say chagrined by the injuries, yeah. and he's like, "Well, I see the error of my ways." Oh, hold on, that was what you thought. That was half of what I thought. The okay. other and half I was. I thought that was plain wrong. They broke the record. Why, why keep going? But, but the, people didn't even know the record existed. Like, do you think that Harbaugh said, like, five years ago, you know what I want? Forget Super Bowls. I want to be the best coach in the history of the world in games that don't matter. (laughs) No, no. He just likes to be a bully. He's the kind of guy that if someone's like, uh, like, if some kid's getting his pants pulled down by, like, a couple ruffigans, he'll walk up here and start pulling the kid's pants down himself just for old time's sake.
1: You're saying Jim Harbaugh is like
4: a bully. He's he's Nelson from The Simpsons. Nelson, yes, but <laughs> it, yes, yes. Now here's the thing.
1: <laughs> You've done a Marge Simpson this week. I thought no, it, but only it was fair.
4: I wasn't trying to do Marge. I was, oh. I was trying to do Adrian from Rock. When we did, I mean, if you want to know what our podcast is like, we spent fi- ten minutes on, at least <laughs> on we read the uh, Rocky Four because we wanted to see a scene in there and it wasn't able. We weren't able to play it. So we just got the script and read it. And some it of the was best, best feedback. Yeah, it was it was Scott's best moment. It had to have been. Because when he goes, because hey, you married a fighter, it was <laughs> perfect. It was perfect. You know, how sick would you be of your husband saying you married a fighter? It's like, take out the garbage. You married a fighter. (laughs) I mean, mean, imagine a year 15 of that. She could have just come back with, you married a nag. I'm not changing either. (laughs) He's like, I don't, yeah. And there there you go. That's the end. We're straight out of Vegas. So, Harbaugh, we're all joking aside. They like to beat up on lesser individuals because it makes them feel good about themselves. I mean, I don't think that is... Pejorative or negative? I just think that's true. Do do you sense that, or do I just see it? I think you you. S- I might see it more closely. Because yes. as a Steelers fan and as a an high state grad and fan, I don't like the Harbaugh.
1: But it's it's also I
4: think the I blame way that- the dad. <laughs> Seriously, the dad produces those two two of them. I mean, he's he's he, they're good at uh, achieving things. Not very good at being human.
1: I think it's also the way that the Ravens the Ravens team is built. We, we what do we say all the time? They're not built to play from behind. They have to be a bully. They have to be ahead of you and be able to just grind on you because that's the way their team is built.
4: Yeah, in games that matter. <laughs> no, listen. I don't listen. I like Bill Parcells back in the prior generation. Was historically he actually still has a better against the spread record in the preseason. And I think of anyone, but but even, you know, Harbaugh wasn't all that great right. for this tree. He was good, not great. I think some of it has to do with Lamar, and we said it, is that offense is hard to prepare for if you're not familiar with it. The only teams familiar with the offense, really familiar of the Baltimore offense is going to be in division, those three teams. And then there's two other teams that's played them four or more four times at least during Lamar's era, which has been that offense, and that's been Kansas City and Tennessee. So I thought Tennessee's familiar with them. The the, the line is moving that way. It what you know, I mean, did you watch the game? I no, I've watched the, the replay. Yeah, and looking at the replay, did the score seem indicative of, you know, uh the game? I mean well, the, the Ravens were were Significantly better yesterday. This is the game they were going to lose, so I mean, I got to figure to win the next two. <laughs> I mean, are going to run it to twenty-three because you know, I, I think so. And I mean, to some degree, at what point do we just start batting them? Right. I, I, I mean, it's like if something is is 18, 2 and one, and here's the thing: the ATS margin. Now, what is that? It means if you're laying three and you win by four, you win. But you, you're plus one in the ATS margin. Over short sample sizes, that ATS margin can tell you something. If it's, uh, let's say it's someone six and one, if the ATS margin is not great, you almost ignore that. Now, if someone's 525 and 450, ATS margin doesn't even matter. There's enough games that it's going to tell you the story. But in the NFL especially, it's rare that there's enough games that you don't want to know something more than the margin. we got a trend coming up later when we preview the upcoming games on coaches that historically don't have a win yet as a coach in the preseason, how much more they seem to try. Our sample size in that is only 15 games, but the logic is there. Real quick, the ATS margin for the Ravens in these 21 games, almost 12 points. Oof. Which means that if you would have adjusted the Vegas spread by almost two touchdowns, it would have been a 50-50 proposition.
1: But when this happens in the regular season, it doesn't. You, you start to have to pay such a premium that you almost can't it, ride that team. You would team.
4: think you'd pay even more of a premium here because it's, it's so part of the conversation. I mean, you even announced it yesterday by saying everyone knows. No, everyone doesn't, but a lot of people do. Right. And more know now. I wonder, was anyone watching that game? I wonder if they talked about it. I guess they had to during the telecast, right? I'm sure they did. Here's what last thing I'll say is this. Here's what they don't like about it, or I don't like about it, is it does feel like sometimes he sacrifices future success to win. I think if all things are equal. I can remember one time, we used to play two-on-two, two. there was four of us, and all three of those guys played college. Like, you know, Division III, um, one played Division two. What happened to you? Uh, or the, <laughs> you know, the under-six-footers that uh, you know, got 10 pounds to lose back? I mean, no, no, no. But um, <laughs> it's funny, an old friend of mine was at a party, and he was. Um, I grew up with his kid, and he was like 5'9", about 2'15". Not not jacked either, you know, cool. just portly. Okay. He, he shot at the Husky section. Yeah. And he was at some party, and, and he's like 23, 24 at this point. And they say, uh, what do you do? He goes, I play football for Pitt, you know, Pitt University. And they're like, yeah. He goes, cornerback. It's like, yeah, we got a 5'9", 215-pound yeah. corner. But, you know, he figures the girl wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I didn't play uh, college ball. But we would play, like, I mean, some weeks— I had graduated college. I didn't go to law school. I was kind of hanging out. We played basketball 20 hours a week. I mean, like a lot. We used to have seven game series, and I tell you, we were down 3-0 once in this series, and I and the guy I was with was the older, better guy cuz I was the worst one. It was like we're going to win this thing. It took us like another hour and a half when we won. I was so freaking happy. And it's funny. We lost one another time, and he walked two miles home because he didn't want to be in the car with me. You he told said, me that. Really yeah. so he's it's like, disgusted and, by you. It, well, it, well, first of all, he was never going to blame himself, so what? it had to be whoever. But, I mean, listen, he was much better than me. But the point is, I like someone that cares about winning. But if you're doing it and it's hurting winning games that are more important, that seems stupid to me. And how does he do that? I think sometimes you're not giving your younger players a chance to show what they've got. And, and I think injuries, I mean, I know you can't underplay players, but I think at some point when you're straining to win, and then here's the last thing you got to wonder think about the most intense coaches you can think of in the history of the NFL, the last 20 years of the NFL. Bill Cowher would meet that criteria. Harbaugh, who else would you say? Ditka was still going, right? Yeah. How many Super Bowls? do the super intense coaches have. They they tend to always do well in the regular season. Right? Cower, Cower lost like four or five AFC Championship games at home. Like something that hardly ever happens. There was like a crazy number of them. I think they're like one in 5 in his it was crazy or I guess they made two Super Bowls, but um, I think what happens is you're it's intense from day one. You get tired by the end of the year of all that intensity. And two, when you have to be loose, you get tight because he's screaming even more now because the pressure's on. Harbaugh has underperformed in playoffs. There's just no doubt about it. And Coward did too. So I I think that this intensity in the preseason means they get tired by January. What do you think? I don't disagree.
1: I, I, I would normally think you can handle that pressure if you know you're winning. Like Dan Campbell with the Lions being intense seems like it would get old because you keep losing. You would like but when you But if winning,
4: anything when you win and you're still getting crap. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I don't know. All right, so but here's what I know for sure. Don't bet against the Ravens. No. I mean, lesson AJ, learned. Lesson learned. When we come back, we're gonna go through And this is great research from McKenzie. How do the current NFL coaches do in the preseason? We've got the record of every one. We'll point out the ones you need to know about for this weekend.
1: He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
3: Straight out of Vegas!
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: Hey, it's Covino and Rich and much like you. We work hard to try to provide a nice life for ourselves, for our family, for our kids. And we've worked hard to build a nice home. And you want to protect those things. God forbid something happened to you. The things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash CR show for 10% off plus free document shipping. Assure that your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings. The state deciding what happens to your assets, you don't need that. Secure your assets, protect your loved ones with Trust and & Will. And again you're going to get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash CR show. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash CR show.
4: I'm RJ Bell, and we are straight out of A. And I'm AJ Hoffman. We've got the list of every head coach in the NFL. There are Record in the preseason, they're over under in the preseason. If you're hearing any shuffling papers, uh, the office is getting reorganized. <laughs> it's got, I, you got a lot of notes out there. I mean, nobody, it's just chock full of information. AJ Hoffman, good day to join us, and we are going over those coaches. And I got a little theory on Dayball and the Giants. This is the fastest-grown show on Fox Sports Radio. Audience has doubled in the last 2 years plus. We thank you for the support and we'll keep delivering a show worthy of spreading the word about it over the weekend. I love the chance to catch up with my favorite shows, podcasts. A lot of the stuff we talk about is uh, stays fresh, you know it's not like it's over the next day. And just search at your favorite pod player for Straight Out of Vegas, and you can catch up over the weekend here in Vegas on the Strip. 90 degrees, it's windy, the neon is flowing.
1: The New York Giants get a 23 21 win over the New England Patriots in Brian Dayball's preseason debut. The Patriots cover his three point dogs.
4: So, friend of the show, Mike Lombardi, who coached or was with. The Patriots for a number of years, and then he was with Belichick in Cleveland before that. Well, Dayball was with New England at the same time as Lombardi, and he made a point about Dayball saying, hey, good coach, no doubt. A lot of success, like no questions. If you're on the Belichick staff, good, good side. But consider this as you think about Daniel Jones cuz i think the optimism about here comes Josh Allen like renaissance or not renaissance uh, a surge a, a an awakening a, a a statement i'm here baby i'm an elite quarterback or let's say i'm potentially an elite quarterback even and remember last year when i thought Daniel Jones would have a decent year coming into the year i said look up daniel jones's second year numbers Right? And compare them to Josh Allen. Allen, And it was like, it was the same guy. It was eerily similar. (laughs) And then Josh Allen has made a quantum leap. One, you could make the case we've never seen before.
1: Yeah, you've pointed that out to me before. Guys, of guys who started out, so below average mm-hmm. in terms of accuracy, rarely have we, if ever, have we
4: seen a jump like he's made. And the accuracy is the key. In general, if you don't do well in year two, it's hard to w- uh, do well as a quarterback ever. It happens, but that's rare. But then, if you add in a guy who's having trouble with accuracy, if you throw all through high school, all through college, a couple years in the pros, and you're still not accurate, when are you going to get accurate? Well, you're not. Unless you're Josh Allen, <laughs> one guy, and you know, one day we'll understand it. But it causes people. It's you could say it's the exception proves the rule. I don't quite know what that means, so I'm going to say it's kind of wild, and it made me kind of think that Josh Allen might have a drop off last year. He did, but he was still elite. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to say a drop off. You know, he just wasn't as good. We'll see. We'll see. It's so fascinating. And we're going to, well, let's do this, and we'll get into some quarterback talk. Because the one quarterback last year that I thought was bulletproof, as in you couldn't say, here's how he has a bad season, was Mahomes, <laughs> who probably had the worst season amongst, or the worst season of his career and amongst the good quarterbacks. But the ones who were questionable all had good seasons almost. This is a very interesting if you rank the quarterbacks. But Dayball and Mr. Daniel Jones, what's going to happen? Well, let's consider this. He was on the Cleveland offensive staff in 2009, Brady Quinn. Now, listen, we have a fondness for Brady here at the network, but not an elite NFL quarterback. I think he'd be the first to admit. Colt McCoy, after that, not an elite NFL quarterback. Matt Moore. hmm? These are elite NFL backup quarterbacks. Uh (laughs) Matt Castle. Then, in New England with Tom Brady, so, I mean, obviously, he started in New England like 12 years after Brady won the first Super Bowl, so okay. Then he was at Alabama in college, then Josh Allen. Now, Dayball, we we can't discount the possibility that he got better, that he figured something out. I'm still trying to figure stuff out.
1: Well, and what, what, when you go through the order there and you see those four years in New England, maybe being in New England was something, you know, you work for the best coach of all time, you probably pick up some things that make you a better coach. Haven't you been
4: listening to this network? Colin thinks that that Belichick's a net negative at this point, it seems like. Between 2013 and 16, I assure you, he was not a net negative. But now he's gotten to be a net
1: negative. I'm not here to argue with Colin. Colin can think what he wants. No, no, no.
4: I'm asking what your opinion is. I think thinking that Bill Belichick... First off, if someone thinks A and you think B, you're not arguing with the person. You're stating your opinion.
1: I'm not going to buck Bill Belichick until Bill Belichick walks away from the game.
4: I I think you know Bill Belichick's a big fan of uh, Bill O'Brien, who who you you and I argued for years on Houston radio, and you know which it it seems absurd now in hindsight. The it's you know it's like Mangino at Kansas, right? If you're not a big college fan, he took Kansas University to the Orange Bowl and won. He won the Orange Bowl. I was there. Okay. Now, think about this. It was either that year. Yeah, it was that year. They played Missouri. If they won that game, they could have easily been in the national championship. I think it was still the BCS then. It could have been the national championship. Which is
1: crazy. Now Kansas' win total every year is two and a half.
4: I mean, I think they've won like seven games (laughs) in the last 10 years or so. I mean, it's a little bit more than that. And it was like they've had coach after coach after coach. You know why he got fired? It was, I mean, again, this could be the version of events. It was he was a little rough on players, you know, like he'd scream at him sometimes and the AD didn't hire him. And it's like if an AD doesn't hire a coach, it doesn't matter how well they do. They want to get their guy in there, ran him off. Oh, well, he, he, he left in, in a way disgrace because, like I mean, remember, Leach went through the same thing yep. at Texas Tech at the same time. Somehow he had no problem with it. Why is that, do you think? I don't know. He's locking people like in portage johns and I, stuff? Yeah, in
1: uh, storage sheds.
4: I mean, yeah, is that right? So, I mean, I, allegedly or whatever, I don't know. He locked a famous guy's son in the storage yeah, shed. Yeah, well, I like that he was an equal opportunity user, <laughs> I guess, or whatever you want to call it. I mean, if he said, oh, no, don't lock him, his dad... Give me the ESPN analyst's son. Yeah. Hey, you, get in. The shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who survives these things and who don't, because there's no rhyme or reason to it. I think, if,
1: uh, I'll be honest, and this sounds terrible, but if Mark Mangino was 200 pounds less, I think he would have gotten
4: more opportunities. I, I think that a lot of people, the image of it was bad. Once once you won that much, maybe before you could say that he doesn't get the head job because you want... I mean, l- let's be honest. If you look at Lincoln Riley, how much of the... Lo- and here's the thing: guys appreciate macho, good-looking guys. Now, if a guy's effeminate and and you know looks like beautiful, you know looks beautiful, but looks like you know a gender bender, a lot of guys are going to be put off by that. That are that are straight. And again, right or wrong, or maybe they're at least publicly going to say that, but they appreciate it. Whatever. But the fact of the matter is, Brad Pitt. If he walks in a room, he's getting you know it let's just say he was an office guy though. he wasn't Brad Pitt. You know how it is like the, the new girl who's attractive and people think that she's attractive, they're carrying her purse. They wonder, do you need this to show you around at lunch?" And if there's a lady who is, let's say in in conventional terms, not as attractive, not the same thing, is it? No. And, you know, if 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 a beautiful girl walks in and she's coughing, other person's thinking, how can I get her some halls and you know, sit there with her with the tissues? If, like, a heavyset girl comes in coughing, person's going to be disgusted. Like, what's going on there? It's, like, so double standard. And it's like that with guys, meaning that if a guy's good looking, even with other guys, there's a sense that, they, like, they're thinking, man, I wonder what girls he, is he getting? And it says there's this general respect that that is... I think it's in the animal kingdom because if you kind of oh, go ahead, AJ. Uh,
1: oh no, I was going to say also the, the other difference I've noticing here. Mark Mangino, twenty three and forty one in the Big Twelve in his eight years there. So right in the middle of me talking about the looks, you're no, I, that's why I was trying to wait. I was waiting my turn. But, but you that, said go ahead. Well, no,
4: but you look like you you, you were like it was like I, it was like a, alien was going to jump out of you. It's a fun conversation. I thought you had something all. great to say. That it's like well, let me change the subject. So I'll quit. I'll change the subject because you think I should. I guess you can <laughs> you can just do a little signal if you want. But the um. In fact, I'm not. You know what I'm going to do? Tell me. I, I am going to deny the audience the end of that story. <sighs> no, it, it really could have changed lives. I think you were least <laughs> I affected want, I wasn't trying I, to change this stuff. Just when you interrupt, when I'm on a roll, <laughs> didn't interrupt. Just remember this, and I and I actually have a feeling it's going to cause someone to have a health problem. Oh no! But you don't care. Go ahead. What, what's next? You tell me. Mark I'll Man- just sit back.
1: Mark Mangino was twenty-three and forty-one over his eight years in the Big Twelve. Mike Leach was forty-seven
4: and thirty-three. So, but but, but doesn't matter when you build up a program that was nothing before, right? And let's use um, Bill Snyder as an example. Great a, example. Yeah, is he never? I mean, he had a chance to get in a national title game, but he never made a national title game. He you know had only a handful of top five, maybe one or two top five finishes. But that was the worst program in the country. Kansas State. They had a, a sports. My my best friend was there in the, the last year before Snyder. And was with Snyder like for eight years because he was there for another four. He redshirted. Then it took him another year to uh, graduate. Then he was like a, a assistant GA, you know, like just getting paid like thirty k, twenty five k, or actually thinking about it, probably like eighteen k. Yeah, back then. But then he eventually became an associate AD at Kansas. So I mean, you know, you got to climb up through the ranks. No but I, I had insight. In the Kansas, I didn't cite into Kansas State. Sports Illustrated had it said worst program in history. It was literally on the cover of Sports Illustrated about K State, about Kansas State, the year when Snyder was coming in. Yeah, so, I mean, and then they became... They're a respected program. Well, I, I think, I mean, I, you would make the case over a 15-year period, they probably won the second most games in the Big 12, after, before, uh, other than Oklahoma. You might be right. So, and remember, the coaching tree that came out with Snyder, the Stoopses were but Mike Stoops was there, and Bob Stoops was there. I mean, Gino was there as a GA, and there's, I mean, I, I mean, Dana Dimmel, who was down in Houston. A lot of coaches came out of there. A lot of
1: people called Bill Snyder, or Mike Krzyzewski, the Bill Snyder. Or like Myshashevsky, what he did at Duke, basically taking a program that didn't exist and turning it into a power.
4: Yeah, but he made them the best program in the country. Yeah, that like, last step he, he never was able no. to do. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, I'm AJ Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Oh, pro's pro, Mr. Dan Byer. No doubt. All right. I'm going to spare him any uncomfortable <laughs> questions tonight. <laughs> I was kind me, of you. I had one I was thinking of. Enjoy
1: was, the weekend, Dan. Yeah,
4: yeah. All right. <laughs> so I think with Dayball, we can say, I think pretty sh- assuredly, that we're not sure he's going to turn around. We're sure that he's not, we're sure that we're not sure that he's going to turn around Daniel Jones. I am a believer in Daniel Jones. The question is, if the best Daniel Jones is going to ever get is Jimmy G. And I think it's hard to imagine him getting better than that. With it all is. the turnovers, it
1: yeah. is. His tools, sh- his ceiling should be higher
4: than Jimmy G. But, but that, the ceiling is where a lot of GMs go to die, exactly, or their careers go to <laughs> exactly. die. So, which is again another Josh Allen thing—the toolsy quarterback that yeah. completed like forty-nine percent of his passes. Like, in, he played one year in between high school and college at some kind of like extended fifth year. It's a weird thing. It's, it could have ruined Buffalo if he if
1: he was still what he was in college. If he was still the most inaccurate quarterback. What he was the first?
4: Well, it would have ruined him? It would have just been another failed quarterback. Yeah. but but here's the thing: Buffalo, even going into year three, when he had yet to show anything really, at least to the outside, were still behind him a hundred percent. They were they weren't starting to hedge their bets like the Giants started doing with Daniel Jones yeah, after two years. I think so. I, but again, why it probably was warranted, you know? Because yeah. again, the Josh Allen thing is so rare, so rare. Mackenzie. On the break, get that college, That uh, it was, it's not even a college, it's like a fifth-year prep academy or something, and he threw 49% completions, and now he's like, maybe, the be- he could be the best quarterback in the NFL. Might be. When we come back, we're going to give you, are you, do you have a best, let's just say this, no. You're going to give an opinion. Because I don't wait. Oh, do you really have one you love? I've got a best bet in the UFC if you want. Oh, to well, that's easy. We'll do that for sure. I'm going to give you a best bet in the NFL. Stay tuned. And he's R.J.
1: Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio.
3: Right out of Vegas!
1: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
3: Savings products insured by NCUA, investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value.
4: I'm RJ Bell, we are straight out of eight. And I'm AJ Hoffman. I'm doing my handicap on a best bet first and but the first thing we got to do is talk Josh Allen. All right. This was his uh, quarterback completion percentage, throwing percentage completion. Uh, As a JV in high school, 59%. As a varsity, his first year, 50%. His second year, 57%. Here's the one. Out of high school, he couldn't get, it would seem, a big-time college to be interested, or even a college that didn't have community in its name. (laughs) Reedley Community College in 2014, he quarterbacked. And completed forty nine percent of his passes. That's almost hard to comprehend.
1: We got to look for his big time throw rate that year.
4: What were the if we were sitting there watching that that season? Let's say we went to Reedley, right? And I said, I'll bet you he is going to be an all pro quarterback, be the the best
1: player in the NFL in three years. I mean, how
4: how much would you bet?
1: I would have bet my life savings. You see, at Reedley College, he's below fifty percent. If I said,
4: if I said, I'd give you. $200,000, Two hundred thousand dollars, but you have to um, do—you know—I don't know—cut your arms off. I was—I was, I was going to say something. To your word. Deal. Yeah. I mean, it's like you—it's so don't forget, things are not things that seem incomprehensible. They happen every day. Yeah. It's just they usually don't happen. We're straight out of Vegas. Okay, so this is the third day of me giving this pick. So I'm going to make it simple and quick. Josh Allen rushing yards over five fifty. Now here's my rationale. Like I said, if you look at the last three years, it's about 564 per year. So, hey, 550 looks good. Now, why it would be lower with more games, I still think is weird, right? Because there's one additional game, because in the last three years, there's only one year that had 17 games, but still it's lower, okay? Last year, we had 763. So you're thinking, oh, it's trending up. But if you look at the last seven games, including the playoffs, so five games plus the playoffs, Josh Allen averaged a pace, 68 yards per game, that puts you on pace to 1,150 yards rushing. So that means we literally could double. If he did that, it would he would double the over-under. I like over. And I quite frankly don't think it's going to be too close because if you listen closely... Josh Allen is saying, I'm not afraid to get hurt. And I think when you made this, when you when yeah. we talked to Zoom, one made the
1: sausage, we talked about, what's the three-year rolling average? You said, I bet that's where they made the number that's from. What said, yeah. And it is the three-year rolling average on the dot.
4: And and don't forget, and we'll, t- we'll talk about this at length sometimes, is they don't the books don't have the resources to make a deep handicap on every prop. What they do is they put up what the numbers say, and the limits are low enough. If someone bets against them, they respect, they'll just move it. In a way, the bettors are the ones that shape up the line when there's low-limit bets. That's something most people don't understand. They do. Okay, you've got a UFC best bat. Then I'm given another NFL best bat. Yusuf
1: Zalal minus 125 tomorrow night. Zalal started out 3-0 and in the UFC, and then he ran into a UFC newcomer named Ilya Taporia, and Taporia won a unanimous decision and might have thought, oh, wow, well, that's a bad loss. Well, Taporia turns out to be a real contender. He's 4-0 and now, and the three fights since that one have been knockout finishes. We then saw, we saw Zalal struggle badly against Sean Woodson, who's a 6'2", lightweight, was just too big for Zalal to implement his game. I still believe in Zalal as a prospect that the size difference won't be the case here with a newcomer in DeMond Blackshear. Well, not: well,
4: well, well, I'm sorry, why does the size and newcomer have anything to do with each other? You're saying because it's a newcomer, the size won't matter. I'm, the
1: newcomer's size won't be the same issue that right. the last guy's size OK, gave. so
4: so all right, you're saying that was the issue, was the size. Yes. This guy's not big. Okay. This guy is not big. His
1: non-UFC film shows a solid but not overwhelming grappler, but someone who's going to be totally outclassed on the feet. So I'm looking for Yusuf Zalal to get back on track here. Zalal minus
4: 125. How's this? I don't like... I, this one seems like it's like you're trying to cognitively... Um, like it feels like you're you're trying to rationalize in a take you had that this guy guy was going to be good. So now if he's good in this fight, it furthers that that maybe it's looking bad. So you're hoping for redemption. Do you think you might it might be wishful thinking? No, I think people are selling on him after two losses
1: against guys that he just wasn't equipped to beat. All right,
4: best bet. Yusuf Zalal minus one twenty five. Yusuf Zalal Zalal Zalal. Yeah. I don't I think USC gotta start giving names like Stone Cold or something. <laughs> all right. McKenzie might find this interesting. I'm gonna give a normal bet, normal best bet on the 49ers tonight, 530 minus two and a half. Now here's my rationale. And this is important to consider in all preseason games. When the quarterback, when the quarterback matters. Right? If it's a quarterback battle, if it's a situation where um, the quarterback's getting snaps for whatever reason, the whole team – becomes more involved and focused. So it doesn't matter if Trey Lance doesn't play a lot tonight. It doesn't matter. The fact is, it doesn't even matter if he plays or not. What matters is the 49ers are attentive to public perception right now, to every little thing. Think about it. You think last year with Jimmy G or two years ago, they worried about like incomplete passes in practice or something? But now there's every concern about what's the narrative. And thus the team has got more focus on these games than you'd expect. And because of that, I think the 49ers lane only two and a half against a Packer team that Aaron Rodgers, I don't know where he's rolling at, no pun intended, tonight. (laughs) But, I mean, is he even going to be at the game? Who knows? Who knows? And him in San Francisco, look out. Look out. I don't know, man. I like the
1: 49ers. I passed the preseason this week. San Francisco Ooh. was my favorite play on the board. So
4: Now, listen, I don't have enough time in the show to give another pick now. <laughs> it's a bit, it's Why sorry. did you say that? Uh, Mackenzie? you got 10 seconds. Do you like that yeah, pick?
2: Lance needs a lot of reps in game. I think he plays a lot. I like the pick.
4: All right, so I got two things going against it, but still, (laughs) we're going to go with it. If
1: you missed any of today's show, including a breakdown of why you should never bet against a bully in the preseason, Uh check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We're going to be back Monday, 6 Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time, reviewing week one of the preseason. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio.
3: Straight out of Vegas!
2: Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury.